0: Church, as I said, is in a a horrible, horrible place. And before we dig into the Word tonight, I just want to remind us, when we make comments like 2,000 years we've been a church, and we have, the church age has been about 2,000 years now, but really the first 1,500 years, there's nothing really to remember. Think about that. There are things that happened, but it was only 500 years ago that a Bible was first even printed. Think about it now. It was 350 or so years ago until America had its first Bible. But you think about 400 years ago. So the church being 2,000 years old, but only the last four and 500 years is when everything really the Lord's touch on Martin Luther and showing him what he showed him about justification. That is what keeps everything. That's what got you saved. And that's what brought you back to the truth. After you wandered away from what got you saved, it was justification. But then many men through the years would have to even lose their lives just to make sure we could have a Bible. There's a good book, it's called God's Generals, if you've never read it. I don't normally do that, but it really lit me up a couple of years ago about what men had to go through over the last 500 years for you to have A book we call the Bible. Because without it, we can't have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we have to have the Word, and that is what we'll be talking about tonight. Fire tried, or faith tried in the fire. Fire tried faith is what I'm trying to say. I'll get you right here in a minute. Fire tried faith. Because without faith, you have nothing with the Lord. Absolutely nothing. But make-believe and vanity and religion. Without faith, you have nothing. And I want to talk tonight for a few minutes just about this subject of faith. Because for the most part, the church doesn't understand faith. I know you do. In this house, I know you do. But I'm talking about 99.9% and to that degree of the saved, blood-bought church does not understand faith past salvation. They do not. And we'll cover some things tonight and, and we'll talk about some things and see some things in the scripture Uh, that I hope the Lord would be able to impart into our hearts because faith is the most precious thing that you have. That's right. It is the most precious thing that you have, the word of faith. Not the negative, ugly things that the enemy through our lusting flesh has tried to turn and has turned it into, but there is a word of faith that is biblical. Biblical. And that's the word of faith that we preach. It's the word of the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. And that is the only faith that works. When people say, what faith are you? I say, there's not but one. There's only one faith. Do you know your Bibles tell you that? In Ephesians chapter four, verse five, the Bible says there's one, one, one faith. And the Lord recently has shown me something very powerful, and that is because there's only one faith. There can only be one object. That's right. Galatians 20. You got it. There can only be one object of faith. That's it, Pastor. Yes. So when you hear the preachers of the cross begin to say things that you've never heard and you will even in the days ahead because they're the ones who are learning and growing in the truth by faith. Amen. That you and I can have faith for God to do many things, That's but right. our faith can never be in anything but the death of Jesus. That's it. That's it. The first time you put your faith, really, the Bible calls it you obeying the gospel. The Bible calls it you believing unto righteousness. Yes, sir. And you did that because you were hearing by the Holy Spirit that you were a sinner and you needed a Savior. And when you believed with the heart unto the righteous work that Christ carried out, in death on the cross, you received from God the measure of that faith by which He died for you. You didn't receive a measure and I received a measure. We received the measure. The measure of faith always works. It is a perfect faith. It has no flaws. I said your faith is a perfect faith. We're not perfect, but our faith is. Hallelujah. When people say, preacher, my faith ain't working. I say, no, sir, you ain't working yet. It always works. Faith never does not work. Faith works by love. Therefore, faith cannot fail because its fuel never fails. Hallelujah. Faith works by love, and its manifestation is love. And the manifestation of that love is not just a smile. And a hug. It's the preaching of the message of that love. The message of the cross is an offensive message. But it is the message of love. Absolutely. So the church across town that's preaching the message of love without offense is not the love of the Bible. That's right, brother. You're preaching well. This is it. Amen. I, I got an amen corner yes, amen. house full of hallelujah. We need to think about these things that is right The message of the cross is the message of God's love. That's right. that is the truth. It's offensive Yes it is amen. God's love is not offensive but the message that introduces us to it is. Amen. So it's a loving thing to preach the cross. Amen. It's the manifestation of God's love. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Think about it. And when you were born again, the Lord gave you the measure of His faith. Because it's His, it's His faith. You don't have anything that's not His. And He's never given you anything that's not perfect. Woo! He gave you Himself. He's perfect. He gave you His faith. It's perfect. He gave you His love. It's perfect. He gave you salvation. It's a perfect salvation. He's never given you anything that's not perfect. And it's all supposed to be working in us to make us perfect. Oh, I
1: love it. Perfection.
0: I don't know what it is. But I'm headed there. Hallelujah. We are being perfected by this measure of faith. We can live in victory. And faith, faith this faith is very important. If we get faith wrong, nothing else can be right. But you know, if you don't get faith right, you can, you're not even functioning by grace. Grace has got to have faith to work. That's right. And grace is not just a word. Grace is God doing something in your life. Grace is not just a word. Grace is God doing something in your life. You're saved by grace. God saved you when he was in Christ on the cross, uh, reconciling sinners to himself. We're taught by grace, uh, Titus 2.12. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace teaches us. Grace is not just a word. It's not just some power somewhere. Grace is God doing something in your life. And grace, the Spirit of grace, who is the Spirit of God, has to find faith to move. The Spirit of grace, who is God Almighty, has to find faith to move. Had to find faith to save. Has to find faith to keep. I'm kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So faith is so important. And the church has got it all wrong. Their faith is in their confession. Their faith is in all these things. Their faith is in their fasting. Their faith is in their praying. Your faith cannot be in anything but the death of Jesus. The first time you believed with the heart there, the first time you believed was in the death of Jesus and the Spirit of God took you literally and immersed you into the place where you were believing, into the death of Christ. And now you can say like Paul, I'm crucified with Him. Hallelujah. Glory. Yes, Lord. Glory. Yet I live. But wait a minute. It ain't me. (laughs) It's Christ living in me now. And the life I now live in this dying hunk of flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave Himself for me. That's your object. If there's another object, you're not experiencing grace. That's if that's not the object, uh, you're not experiencing grace. You can light a candle and declare your experience in the grace, but you're not. What we got to do is come back to Scripture. we got to come back to the Bible. There's too much fairy tales in the church. Uh, too much, uh, uh, what would you call it on the way around? Meology. Myology. Falls right into mythology. It's just a bunch of me, myself, and I. That three-headed, hideous monster that wants to do it any other way than the cross way. The flesh will be a part of any religious activity except the taking up of the cross. The flesh will sing. The flesh will dance. The flesh will lift hands. The flesh will do anything but take up the cross. And this last week, the Lord told me right before I went to bed one night... He said, "Not only will the flesh never take the cross up; the flesh cannot take the cross up because the cross of Christ is what's already crucified that flesh. Come on, preach it! The cross of Christ already crucified it. He not only won't go that way; he can't go that way. Can't go that way. Mm. Well said." But you got a new man that can go that way. Faith is so important. You're preaching something here in Palestine, Texas, that very few people are preaching in this country. God has raised up men and women, even boys and girls over the last 25 to 30 years who stepped into this message. God was knocking on that door. And a few have recognized that the hand that was knocking had scars on it. And we struggled with it first. We The knock was a hindrance. Who's that bothering me? Who's that bothering me? Who's that bothering me? And finally, I finally got to a place of desperation. I said, I'm might as well go see who's at the door. And when I opened the door, there he was with a nail-scarred hand saying, behold my hands. Woo! It's all about Jesus. The reason you have God's love shed abroad in your heart is because he is love and he moved inside of you to make your body His temple. That's how He shed His love abroad in your heart because He is love. He didn't put a little juicy love in your heart. He moved in. He is love. There is no love outside of Him. And when He moved inside of you, love filled your heart. Hallelujah. It goes the same way with faith. You've been given the measure of faith because the... The Christ we serve dwells in our hearts by faith. When he moved in, his faith came. When he moved in, his faith came. Yes, I don't have no faith that the world has made up. I got faith that comes from hearing the word and I hear the Word properly, the Bible says I'll see righteousness. And when I see righteousness, my feet will be in a path of righteousness. And i start getting hungry for more of it. And God says, I'll fill you. i start seeking for more of it. And God says, I'll give you everything you need. I'll give you everything you need. You see, the Bible says in Psalms 111 that those who... Those who are pleased at the Lord's works are seeking the Lord's works. That's yes. oh, that's right. If you're seeking more of the Lord, it's because you already know what He's able to do. Faith is important. You have nothing without it. You need faith moment by moment. You need faith. We sang a lot of songs. I need thee every hour. I need thee day by day. No, I need thee every breath. Hallelujah. I need him every breath. Amen. Somebody recently wanted to know what you're doing talking about moment by moment. What's that all about? I said, well, when I'm walking in the Spirit... My Lord told me I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. How often do you not want to fulfill the lust of the flesh? Moment by moment. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. When you're not walking in the spirit, you're in trouble. Walking in the spirit and faith. Holding dear faith. And let me say something tonight. Faith is not something working back here in the back of your mind. It's not taking place in your subconscious. That's right. We'll Faith has to be a deliberate and conscious thing. If it's not, how can I literally bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? There you go. Amen. When I got saved, it didn't happen back here. It happened right up here. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was believing. And I knew that everything changed when I believed it. Amen. If we get faith wrong, nothing else can be right. Yes, sir. Preachers who are using God's word to not point to the one who is the living word of God and what he did as the Lamb of God, there there is a problem there because faith has no object. Faith listen. God has to see faith in the sacrifice before He can lead you in the words of anything else He's written in this Bible. Noah could not build an ark unless he had his faith in the sacrifice. He had to be a believer in the sacrificial promise of a Redeemer. Then God could lead him. It wasn't the ark that saved his soul. It was that sacrifice, hallelujah, that ark saved his body and his flesh, but that sacrifice saved his soul. It saved eight of them, Hallelujah. That's what Peter said. Right there. Get this now. We can't understand anything spiritually without faith. Amen brother. Nothing? It's not about my intellect. It's not about what I can piece together and put together. It takes the Spirit of God who is the Spirit of truth to rightly divide the Word of God that is true. It takes Him. We have no spiritual understanding without faith. The Bible does say we understand by faith. Not just that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, but that we have no understanding outside of faith. No understanding outside of faith in the cross. Yes, sir. No understanding outside of faith in the cross. Yes, sir. Let me try it one more time. There is no understanding outside of a deliberate and conscious faith, heart yielded to the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. It won't work. That's why we'll take God's word and do what we want to with it to try to fill a pew or fill a pocket. There you go. Amen. We can't understand anything spiritual without faith. And the Bible says in Proverbs 9 and 10 that understanding is the knowledge of the Holy One. But I can't understand anything without proper faith. So I'm not going to be able to understand properly this holy one that I'm claiming I'm serving and trying to walk with. But it's it's not working. I'm I'm miserable. I'm beat down. My lips dragging the ground. And I do good when I go to church. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. But when I get home, I'm just beat down and whipped, and and I'm 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 acting like I need a pill or something when I really just need to start exercising this faith I was given as a gift when I got saved. I got the faith. I just need to exercise it. There you go. Yes, sir. What does that mean? That means you started out believing. You just need to start believing again. Hallelujah. There's never a time that you need to stop believing. If things aren't going right in your life and you're causing the problems, it's because you've. if you say you've got faith, you've got faith in the wrong object. And you know, really, really, is it faith in the wrong object, really? Because when, the, listen, when the Lord gave me the measure of faith, the object was tied to it, and he it. gave it to there me. Is right. Come on. The object of faith came with the measure. Yes, sir. We talk about you got your faith, you can put your faith in the, but it ain't the faith that was given to you. That's it. Right there, brother this. Yes, the faith God gave you, that measure He gave you, came with the object that was tied to it. And if that faith works because your heart still yielded to what it was that allowed God to give you that measure of faith, my Lord, you marching now, honey. I didn't say you got everything going on perfect, but you're living in the victory that God gave you as a gift. He gave us a gift as victory. Hallelujah. But your victory is your faith. Glory be to God. That's what your Bible says. The, The victory that overcomes the world is your faith. Because it's the faith of Christ. He's the overcoming Savior. You were an overcomer and victorious the moment. Listen, when you took your first step in the Spirit, you were an overcomer. Even though you didn't look like it, you didn't feel like it, you still were an overcomer. You were victorious. That's right. Amen! The moment you stepped into the Spirit, and that's why you've got to be careful and guard your heart to make sure it's the faith of Jesus you're still functioning by. That's right. Because there's many people that will try to pull you away. Man, this has been one of the hardest years for me and my wife and our church in the whole 18 years that we have had a ministry. It's been tough having to stand still, having to be still. You know, God hadn't got but one answer for your experience of the victory that He already gave you, and that's be still and see the salvation. Be still and see. It ain't never changed. you got to be still, though. You get to moving around, you get outside the feet. You get doing all that squirming, you get in the flesh, you want to slap somebody upside the head. I know it. We all do, don't we? If I could just get close enough to that one. (laughs) We all got a flesh, but we got a measure, the measure of faith, too. Hmm. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1 tonight, verses 3 through 8. And we'll see here that there is something the Lord calls the trial of our faith. Now, just because you just now looking inside your Bible don't mean you hadn't done heard 50 scriptures. That's right, brother. Come on now. now.: If you're a student of the word, oh we could go to the house right now. Yes, sir. First Peter 1 and three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fades not away, and it's reserved in heaven for you. But now you're here, and you're being kept by the power of God through faith. You're being kept by the power of God that the Bible says is the preaching of the cross. That's right. how many Bible believers we got in here tonight? How many Bible believers? I ask our church at all the time, because sometimes the looks on their faces make me think they done sold their Bible. Hey, yeah. You got to be a Bible believer when everybody else is not. Yes, sir. Well, let me just pause here for a minute and tell you what the Lord through me told our people Wednesday night. There's a storm coming. I'm not talking about just another bad something. I'm talking about there's a storm coming. Yes, sir. I believe it. it. And when that storm comes, you're not going to have time to call the preacher. You're not going to have time to have a church service. This right here is a talking book. You better get in this book. Get in the book. Because our God talks to His people. Our God prepares His people. Our God has given us what we need to avoid situations. But even when we don't, He's still giving us what we need to get ourselves out of what we got ourselves in. Because we didn't avoid it. There's a storm coming. You better prepare yourself. How do I do that right here? right there, The anchor of your soul. What you need at every moment, in every situation, is the Word of the Lord. Because He'll speak to you in your faith in what He speaks to you. Because see, you are learning now where your faith has to be. And because it is there, now He can minister to you what needs to be ministered to you. As we used Noah for an example, He could not save Noah if Noah had not had his faith in the Redeemer. Because his faith was in the Redeemer, then he could receive instruction to build an ark. Because your faith, It's not like most of what I hear today. Well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in the cross. No, I'm talking about you are learning how to fight the good fight of faith to maintain your faith in the very object it was in when you got saved. Because God won't allow another object of faith. He won't allow you to boast in anything but the cross. God forbids that we boast in anything other than the cross and that includes Pentecost. We are Pentecostal believers but I have absolutely nothing to do with Pentecostalism. Nothing. Nothing. They do not preach the cross. They preach Pentecost. For the power to overcome sin. That's not an object of faith. That is a sin. We're all to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in other tongues. It's for every child of God. But the message is the cross. It's never not the cross. Even when we teach. Out of the book of Acts, the things that happened on Pentecost that are available for us now, they must be tied to the same message the Pentecostal preacher Peter preached at Pentecost. Amen, brother. That's right. Verse 5, We're kept by the power of God through faith. means you're not kept outside of this faith. We're kept by the power of God that's what Jesus did at Calvary. Through faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. Because that's the only thing that's unto salvation, right? Ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Is this what we're all greatly rejoicing in all over the world today Is the church? Man, I received an email just... Two evenings ago from a lady overseas who uh, told me, uh, she was asking me questions about things that are going on now that I get every week from multiple different places. But she said where they live in Australia, there was some very popular men there and they were preaching that you need to be re-water baptized because doing that you make an atmosphere for the Lord to come. Now, these are are big-name preachers out of Redding, California, that I won't even call their names, but they're over in Australia just trying to get rich financially is all they're doing. They're thieves and hirelings, and they're not preaching the gospel. They're preaching other ways for God's presence to come in. I remember years ago reading a book by Kenneth Hagin, about him being in a revival and some purple haze coming in under the door and filling the room and he called that the glory of God. Well, I'm not being ugly, but that wasn't no glory. That was a purple smoke coming from somewhere. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. Not purple smoke. We'll do The preacher will do anything to make a dollar and get you to follow them. I'm telling you, I'm not going to point you to anything other than the cross. Because it's the only object of faith God has ever given humanity. The Bible says that sin is us missing the mark. Jesus came and made the mark. Yes. And if I'm going to touch the mark. i got to keep touching the mark. Hallelujah. And that's what he did at Calvary. Verse six says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. We're not in heaviness now because we don't know how to live in victory. We get heavy sometimes, as we have this year, because we've been tempted in various ways by people that we, we never thought we'd be temptation would come through. I've told our people for 18 years: if I start moving away from the focus of this message, move away from me. That's right. I don't know. I don't know. All these people, all these years, I guess they thought I'd just follow anybody, anywhere, into anything. They're wrong. That's right. I'll follow you if you're following Christ. How do I know you're following Christ? Because you're following the One. Who died for you and you denying yourself, you're taking up your cross. That's right. And you're not pointing anybody to what the Holy Spirit's pointing everybody to at all times. Amen. He says here in verse 7 that the trial of your faith, it's the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire might be found under... Watch this now. Let's tie this together with a song you sang earlier and Pastor Clint even verbalized where the the, the song came from, Revelation 5 and 12 tonight, that the Lamb was slain. The lamb was slain to receive riches and honor and glory and power and blessing. Did he not already have that? Yes, he did. But he had to be slain to become the conduit for all of that to flow through into you and me. Hallelujah. That's it. Right there. He is the conduit as the slain lamb. That the trial of your faith. Being much more precious than of gold. Now this is the way God sees it. And we need to be learning to see it this way. Than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, this trial of this faith that we already have. We're not looking for something we don't already have. Don't be caught up in that. You're not searching for something you don't already have. You are victorious. You are an overcomer. You have the faith of the Son of God. You have His love. You have Him. And having Him, you have it all. Don't be looking for something you've already been given. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Yes, yes. You know, the Bible says to you and me to study, to show yourself approved unto God. He approved you. He approved of you when you trusted in the blood of His Son. You're approved. Now, study to find out just how approved you really are so that you can show him. He's looking for fruit of those he's approved. But he's still going to have to approve of the fruit. Yes, sir, he is. Think about Peter in Antioch. He was as justified and righteous, he was already just and righteous. But Paul preached to him a message about justification when he got away from the believers of the cross, only those determined to know nothing else. And his heart gripped with fear because those from James came who didn't believe like they were believing. So he moved out of that place and Paul jumped up and said, wait a minute now, we're not justified by works of the law. Why is he talking about justification? Peter was already just. He was talking about his fruit now was not just. You are justified, but God's looking for fruit that is justified. Amen, brother. And if he don't see it, well, he'll just put a Pastor Clint Bass right in your face. And say, I got some good news for you, Christian. We can get in the Word. You know, we hadn't had the Word but about probably three to five hundred years. Can we get in it together? You know, it hadn't really been around in our country forever. Could we just stay excited about what we've got here? Because faith comes by hearing what's spoken at in this book. Amen. And i got to have faith. Hmm. So this... Faith being tried with fire. Your faith is going to be tried with fire. It's going to be fire. It's going to be tried. It's your faith being tried. It's your faith. The devil's trying to steal. That's right. Because if he steals your faith, that means you've actually. For him to steal your faith means he just makes a swap for you to trust in something else. See, the devil doesn't show up and just take your faith and run off. The devil comes up and makes a swap. Yes, sir. That's right. And he does it from pulpits all across the world. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Hmm. Though it be tried with fire, your faith's gonna be tried. Has your faith been tried this year? When things are shockingly taking place in close quarters with those that you are familiar with and that it shouldn't be happening. I know about me, I don't know about you, but I always have to just stop and go, my Lord, am I wrong? Am am, am I wrong? Yes, sir. I mean, I watched Elijah call fire down from heaven and today he's running from Jezebel. Have I missed something, God? I watched Peter preach and so I saw 3,000 people saved and now he's, now he's uh, getting away from the determined there in Antioch and wanting to get hung up with those lawyers out of Jerusalem again. Uh, have I missed something here? I've watched close preacher friends of mine, been a few years now, all of a sudden just leave this message to go into what we call the hyper grace. You remember that? It just broke my heart. It paralyzed me for a little bit. But it made me stand still and say, am I not seeing something I need to be seeing? This is a close friend of mine. He's been talking about nothing but the cross with me for a couple of years. Uh, Am I missing something here? But you know what happens every single time? Every single time the Lord shows me. This right here, this book right here written in the context of the one who would come and take on flesh, live a sinless life, and become my sin-bearing offering, when you're seeing everything in that light, you're going to be walking in the light of the Word of God. Yes, and when you are, your faith is going to be tried. Yeah, that's right. Your faith will be tried. Sometimes it will be in your own house, Jesus said. That's right. But your faith will be tried. But it says here that it might be found under praise and honor and glory. That's the fruit of our faith when Jesus appears. We're not going to be ashamed. Our hearts are going to be full of joy. Amen. Our hearts are going to be full of joy. Mm. Glory be to the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 37... That we are more than conquerors. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him, through him that loved us. The key here is God did something, and through that, what he did was because he loved us. Through him means what Jesus did at Calvary. And our faith in that, in that alone. That's it. Nothing else. The church doesn't know this. We had a couple show up in our church a couple of weeks ago. There was more of the Lamb and the cross talked about before we ever even got to the message. They got up and left. Now granted, they might have been sick. I don't know. They didn't look sick to me. That's all we're going to talk about. Folks who get sick of hearing about the cross means they don't understand it. Nobody gets sick of hearing about the Lamb that understands the Lamb. And the finished work of Christ, the Lamb, the cross, the gospel, those are all one thing. They're not two, they're one, they're not twenty, they're one. That's how we can all be of the same mind. There it is, right there. You know, everybody that's saved claims. We all got Jesus, preacher. Can't we just get together in the community? We got 25 churches. We all Christians. We getting together. We we got Jesus in common. Yeah, Jesus, we got in common. But it's everything else that divides us. But well, see, I don't have. I don't bring anything else to the table. I don't bring it. Think about how many empty chairs all of us cross preachers got in their church. Think about it. That's right. Why? Because the church doesn't understand the faith. They don't understand the faith. That's right. It's the faith they don't understand. Yep. It's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And when I'm not trusting in that, I'm trusting in myself. But before I close, I just want to remind us that something I said earlier, that when the Lord gave you the measure of faith, everything that He will ever do is tied to that measure of faith. Nothing that he will ever do that will bring forth fruit in your life is not tied to that measure of faith. Nothing. That's right. And that measure of faith, you have it because you anchored your heart's trust in a crucified Savior. That's, That's how you receive everything you receive. And when we try to move away from the cross, we're actually moving away from where that measure of faith works. It won't work anywhere. Right. It doesn't work without the cross. And Romans 6 teaches that our hearts have to remain yielded to that form of doctrine. Amen your brother. Right. We're it's not just a one-time yielding. We've used so many scriptures for the born-again experience, period. But I've seen more and more of this in my studies that scriptures like Romans 10 and 10, it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness and the mouth speaks unto salvation. That's not just a born again experience. Amen. Scripture. That's right. Because all of God's words, and I'll close with this tonight. We'll pray together. And I've preached this here before here. I've preached this here before. and yep. other places. And the church doesn't like it because it's not a money maker. It's not a pew filler. But it is Scripture. It is scripture. Right. And God's not working outside of Scripture. That's right. He's not working outside of your measure of faith. That's right. It's not going to happen. If it did, He would deviate from His new covenant law. But I want you to know tonight, Proverbs chapter eight and verse eight says that all the words of God are in righteousness. In Romans one, 16 and 17 says, his righteousness is revealed in the God's gospel. Do you see the simplicity of that? Right. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Every word. And his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Scripture? Scripture? That's it, brother. And only those who are experiencing the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel are going from faith. No one else is. That's right. No one else is. Nobody. Don't tell me that God's not going to make a way to get your voices heard all over this world. God's going to make a way to get the voice of the gospel preacher heard all over this world. There is nobody going from faith to faith. That's not seeing the righteousness of God revealed to them in the gospel. It's not happening. It's It's feelings. It's hyper-emotionalism. And that's it! You say, well, you're just a little too hard, a little too narrow. Do you not understand that... What we read in the New Testament was written 1,900 years ago about the end of the ages has come upon you. The end of all things is at hand. Many are going to depart from the faith, be seduced by doctrines of devils, wax cold from love, Iniquities going to abound. That's all talking about the church, my friends. Yes, that was written 1,900 years ago. So don't look at me like I got three heads when I'm just quoting the Bible to you. That's it. And I know you're not, but... A lot, dude. Sure. Who's this guy? Where, who let him in here? <laughs> yeah. I've been in places like that. Somehow, one time, I might have told this story before. This girl called me years ago, and she said, our speaker couldn't show up. See, I'm always second hand. Yeah. It's the best hand. Our speaker didn't show up. Could you come speak to our ladies? It was a ladies, one of those places where the ladies could go there or they could go to jail. So they were all in orange jumpsuits. And it was graduation day. And I was there when I walked in. A bunch of men, they had really a bunch of suits on. They looked, oh, they looked good. I didn't look good. Not compared to them. But the CEO, or whatever he was, it made no difference to me. He come up and he said, who are you? I said, I'm the speaker for the day. He said, really? How's that? And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And I also thought, this is the Lord. (laughs) Because I know what I was going to preach. I don't care if my mama's in here. I know what I'm going to preach. Amen? Amen? I don't care if somebody comes in here and gives $10,000 a week. I know what I'm going to preach. <laughs> and then men were all lined out behind me and there was about three, 400 people up in that place. Half of it was women in orange jumpsuits and the other half were the family members of the graduating class of whatever they were. And uh, I preached the cross. in the first 10 minutes... Their 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 jaw was hung up on their top button down here. They were just, I'm telling you, they, they ain't nobody hearing this. When you preach this all the time, you'll you have a tend- tendency to start thinking, well, everybody's heard it now. Folks ain't heard this. That's right. The church ain't even heard this. What we preach. They're telling it right. And I preached, and they were just standing there going. And then I started having an altar call in my message. Do you want to be free? I told them, I said, the, 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 the 12 steps they taught you, these men right behind me. They didn't look as good as you, but they was close. I said, these 12 steps they taught you, all you ladies, they're they not going to keep you from coming back in here. Of course, I never got to go preach there again. Because I'm going to preach the cross. I don't care who don't like it. You better, brother. That's right. And and the altar call started, really, I was still preaching the altar call. Do you want to be free? Do you you want to have Jesus, uh, you know, to save you? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to have the power not to come back in here? To be bound by that which had you bound that put you in here. And man, there was this big old, on the front row, he had overalls on, no shirt under it, hairs bulging everywhere. And he, I, when I said, do you want to be saved today? He just raised both hands and tears running down his cheek. Then hands started going up all over that place. Yes, yes, yes. People getting saved, but they don't want the preacher to come back. Right. That's where we're at. That's right. They're going to they help them with 12 steps, uh, but Jesus help them with one step to heal. Them. Hallelujah. One step, one step. We're going to preach. This town you live in here, these surrounding towns, they don't know what we preach. They've heard bits and pieces and negativity. But there will come a time, I pray, for desperation to strike their heart like it struck ours. Because there will be a people that fear the Lord. And the Bible promise to those that fear the Lord is that He will make known His covenant to them. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. Psalms 25, 14, if you're taking notes. He wants to show His covenant. That's why we preach. That's why we teach. He wants to show His covenant. This is not popular. We're not doing this for popularity. We're not doing this for money. I'd come preach here for nothing. I'd come preach anywhere for nothing. Lots of times we go have conferences in other cities. We pay for the whole thing. Just to take this truth there. Thousands of dollars we paid to go do it. That's right. Come on. Glory to That's like. Right. Are you serious? Yes, sir. I'm very serious. That's right. There is a people of God that don't even know they are yet. And there is a people of God who are away from the faith. That's right. They're away from it. That's right. And God will. He will reveal who it is that's locking on the door to many of them just like He did me and you. Amen? He did it. He did it. He's the biggest irritator that's ever lived. He's the biggest instigator that's ever lived. He's caused more division than anybody else ever has. Hmm. He will irritate you till you surrender to Him or pay the price for your sins eternally yourself one way or the other. He will irritate you with His love and mercy. Constantly irritation until you get up and open that door and invite Him in. And you will walk with Him all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me tonight? Oh!